Your customer doesn't understand how much it costs to run a business, so why bother telling them all your expenses? Whenever you get a customer who wants to see a breakdown, it only means one thing. They want a cheaper price, and that's not the customer you want. Next time somebody asks for a breakdown, tell them it's five grand to do the job and zero dollars to not. What's up, Joel? Hey, Jared. <laughs> Dude, I got I got you good on that one. Yeah, but I could see you planning it, though. I could see that you were intending it from the very beginning of this podcast. Dude, that's some strong coffee. Yeah, so I watched this uh, thing about how to make it better, so I made it better. How's that? What do you do? You you let it waterfall when you're doing the pour over. Yeah. And then it does something magical. Like the, oh. the, the action of the water dripping like makes it taste different. Dude, it tastes way different. Yeah, Ooh. does it taste better? Um, <laughs> it just tastes stronger. Yeah, it tastes good though. Yeah. Um, it's crack a lacking, man. What is today? Wednesday? Today is Wednesday. It's Dude. podcast Wednesday. It's my favorite day of the year. Favorite day of the week? Could be. <laughs> I think I like podcast Fridays better personally. But Wednesdays Do you really? Are cool. Yeah, nah, podcast I like Fridays are rad. Podcast Wednesday is way better. Yeah. Like if I had to pick one or the other, I would choose podcast Wednesday. Really? I like, maybe I just like Fridays because it's like just, it's mostly meetings for me on Friday. So it's just yeah. like stacked up. It's your wasteful day is what you mean? I, yeah, yeah. I was talking Joel about, loves meetings. I was talking to my wife about that and I was like, you know what? Jared's principal weaknesses doesn't appreciate a good meeting, you know? You know what? That's why we make a good team because your principal weakness is you like meetings too much. Yeah, so we balance each other out. <laughs> yes. you, you barely let me have meetings. You're like, mm, all right. So I read a book one time. <clears throat> like, if you think about it, you could spend your entire week in meetings very Good, easily. Yeah. You already spend a majority of your week just having meetings, especially if you consider this a meeting, right? Yeah, or honestly, like I have meetings every day with potential plumbing clients well, and all sorts of stuff. I mean, let's okay, let's say in-house meetings. I know, like okay? meetings are the purpose within your business, yes. Yes. You could spend your entire week in meetings. Yeah. And then you would get nothing done. Until you get to a certain level where that's how you get all the things done. Until you get to a certain level where that's... But even then, like... See, I think... I don't think... I, I think there's always going to be things that you should be working on if you're always in meetings, you never have time to think for yourself. You never have time to hash things out for yourself. You never have time for research. Like, I don't do a whole lot these days, mm. but I don't have that many meetings either. Mm. But what I do do is I think mm. and I research and I plan. It's about yeah. all I do. Yeah. And I buy Facebook ads. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Well, and you shoot content, you do those things. Make content. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I think that, like, yeah, obviously you're not going to be in meetings 100% of the time, but meetings, I think, are undervalued because, quote, unquote, nobody likes meetings. Yep. And I would say that people don't like meetings because they've never had a meeting that actually they got anything from that moved the needle. There you go. I'm not against meetings. What I'm against is when you have an hour meeting for something that could have done been done in a 20-minute meeting. Yeah, and I think like good leaders can structure meetings to just get the thing done. Yeah. Because a good meeting, I mean, meetings are so useful. Like yep. mostly they're useful to keep everybody on sync. Like the bigger your company gets, the more parts you're going to have. Yep. And especially once you get different quadrants of leadership, you need to make sure that all leadership is vibing together yep. so that then everything is happening how it should. So what I think you should do is if you think a meeting is going to take you an hour, mm. schedule it for 45 minutes. I think you if have If you think it's yeah. going to take you 45 minutes, schedule it for 30. If you think it's going to take you 30, schedule it for 20. 
because that you get 10 more minutes. Yeah. My thoughts on that are... And then stack them all together. I, my thoughts on that are like, if you if you know precisely the nature of the meeting, you can do that. Yep. But you also have to understand that this meeting, I got a four-hour block for this sucker because this is a meeting that requires a lot of intensive back and forth to arrive at a destination. Yep. And like, that's a different caliber of meeting. Yeah. And so it's like, I think you need to find the middle ground, right? Yep. Because if you don't find a middle ground, you're going to hold yourself to an unrealistic expectation either way. Your meetings are going to go run too long or they're going to run too short. I hate middle grounds. Middle grounds is where it's all at. So where my brother lives. Mm, He's lived I, his whole life in the middle ground. So what I... Hope, I, I hope he listens to this because... Mm, He's like... Mm, my brother's successful, sure. right? On all aspects, but he could be way more successful. Sure. But he just lives that middle success ground. Sure. He finds the middle ground and then he's happy there. Yeah. And to me, it's like, if we can, like speaking of meetings, if we can Mm -hmm. get this done in 20 minutes, let's get this sucker done in 20 minutes. I got 10 more minutes of my time now. Sure. Like your time is so limited. Sure. And then let's schedule these meetings in a manner to where I get one, the biggest block of my time that I can get, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We're speaking of meetings, let's bring it back to like plumbing business because that's what this podcast is all about. We're in my plumbing business. We are moving to daily meetings. As much as I just said, I hate meetings to your point. There comes a time where you have enough moving parts where you have to like just reset every Mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, it gets... I don't want to say it's too wild, but it gets too hard to make changes, mm. right? Sure, yeah, you don't have it. You don't have an environment where you can introduce changes because there's no, there's no cadence of hey, let's talk together. Even if it's just you talking to everybody, yeah. Even if you're saying the same thing every single day, yeah. Which honestly, like, think about like you're all you guys who got kids, like, yeah. Man, I tell my son the same crap every day. Every day. And I just hope that in the next however many years of me telling him the same crap every day, some of it will stick. Do you spank him? Huh? Mm, you might not want to answer this on the internet. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Will that get us canceled? Who knows? Um, yeah, if he's being like know. if he's being like a total tool, like especially to his <clears> mom, <throat> he just isn't understanding that he's breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. Like I do it seldom enough though that it's like he's like, oh crap. I'm like, yeah, you can't do that. You know, because he's at the age where it's like, Ela can't spank him. She just can't put enough power behind that sucker for him uh-huh. to not think it's funny. Yeah. But when I do it, yeah, it's like, I kind of make it terrifying. Yeah. You know, because guys got to know he can't do certain stuff. Yeah. When I grew up, I had a, my dad had a paddle that had scripture verses on it. It was actually <laughs> the paddle that his mom spanked him with. Yeah. Ah, the family And paddle. it was like three feet long. Yeah. And like probably eight inches wide. It was a big thing. And then had a good handle on the other, mm-hmm. on the end. And there were scripture verses mm-hmm. on it. <clears throat> and he would, his mom would make him read the scripture verses and he never knew why. And then he explained to us when he got older, he's like, now I understand why my mom made me read scripture verses. It was because mm-hmm. she was pissed and <laughs> she yeah. needed time to cool down before uh, she whooped my butt. Yeah. yeah, she needed a little time so she didn't just like catch a charge. Yeah. And he was like, so... I'm pretty pissed at you right now, so... So, give dad a time. Read those scripture verses. <laughs> yeah. The longer you take to yeah. read, it's either... If you take too long, it's going to piss me off even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got to find the middle ground. Figure ah, it out. the middle ground. <laughs> no, it that. wasn't the middle ground. I found oh. the sweet spot. 
Oh my gosh. That's just why would I find the middle that's ground? That's just semantics. No. Mm-mm. Sweet spot. So when I say middle ground, I mean sweet spot. So my dad would break that paddle on my butt, mm. dude, so many times until one day we couldn't glue it together anymore. Oh, that's hilarious. It, it broke Glued way it too together. many times. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I had to make a new paddle for my kids. Mm. So I made it out of <laughs> three quarter inch birch plywood. Yeah. Thick, like heavy, and it gnarly. Was stout. I bet. Yeah. You don't want to glue it back together. No. Yeah, your mm-hmm. kids turned out okay. My kids? Yeah. I think it turned out great. Yeah, I do too. I think they're I think they're wonderful children. Yeah. My dad's thing was always like <clears throat> he would immediately nip everything in the butt. Mm. And it was never a there was never a moment where I said, Hey dad, can I go do this thing with my friends? And he was like, Yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah. That never that never happened. Because you just knew the boundaries. N- no, he was always like, How are you gonna get there? I'd be like, well, I was hoping you'd drive me. Who's going to pay for my gas? <laughs> I'd be like, well, I'm not paying for your gas. Uh, so, hmm. yeah. Gives me insight into like how you ask questions when people are like, Jared, I have this idea. Or like, Jared, this is more my business. And you're like, okay, well, how are you going to make that make money? And like, well, this. And you're like, well, how's that going to work? <laughs> and then and yeah. then quickly, whoever's talking to you is like, uh, I guess I don't have this well thought out. And you're like, I don't think it doesn't seem like it. it doesn't seem like it's going to work. Yeah, it comes from my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So we can thank your dad. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let's bring it back just a couple minutes. Okay. So you're beginning to do these daily meetings with your guys. And the hope mm-hmm. the, the hope is what? So we noticed <clears throat> like there's a few things. There's like we've been we've set aside we've had two meetings a week for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um every Monday we get together. We just do like a quick 20 minute. Mm. We call out one thing that went well last week. Mm-hmm. Usually mm-hmm. we'd call out a specific person or try to. Mm-hmm. We make everybody clap for that person. Hopefully Eddie still does that. Mm. I think he does. Um, <clears throat> and then we go over like paused and on hold jobs. Mm, gotcha. It's so like in Service Titan, if a guy goes to a job and he has to wait for a material or sure. he's waiting for a quote on from a subcontractor or whatever, he'll pause the job or put it on hold. Mm. And if we don't revisit it, it'll get lost and gone forever. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just go over those every single Monday. We just pull a report on Service Titan and we go, okay, uh, this job was technician so-and-so, what's going on with this? Mm. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm waiting on that part. Okay, go call the supplier and see where that part is. Mm. They do that right then. Okay, And we just go down the list. Just so nothing gets lost. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I got that estimate, or I got that estimate from the sub. I need to write it up into an estimate. Yeah. Okay, do that right now. Yeah. Um, And then we let them know, like, if anything's coming up. If there's mm-hmm. holidays coming up, days off coming up, if there's any changes happening sure. that they need to know about, mm-hmm. just for the next week. Mm-hmm. And then they're off. Quick meeting. Thursdays, we've been doing two hours of training. Mm. And we spend most of that training training on customer service, you know, our processes, our mm-hmm. service call process, our sales process, all that good stuff. And there's like 10 million different things you need your technicians to do. Right. And if you tell them 100 things at once, they're not, they're not going to remember any of them. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like if so, and it's not the technician's fault. It's just human nature. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah, yeah. comes at you with 10 million different things they want you to start doing. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to be so overwhelmed you're not going to do any of them. Yeah. Right? Or I'll remember, I'll do one thing, but you're like, why would you think about that thing? Like, I don't know, it's the only thing I remembered. Exactly. Like in the middle, it spoke to me, quote unquote. So I just did that one. Exactly. So we have spent the last year kind of like making our business better on all aspects. Mm-hmm. And we're down to the point where we really need the people in our business, we need them to become better. Mm-hmm. We don't need them to become better, but to just be okay with where we're at does is not okay with me. Mm, like sure. to just settle for where we're at isn't mm-hmm. okay. I think if you're not always growing and striving for more, you're dying. Mm-hmm. If you just say, eh, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. There, There's a time for it's good enough, but only when it, this is good enough, what I really need to focus on is this. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're down to the point where like our business, like our marketing, our call volume, even our CSRs, most of our processes, they're very well dialed in. And we're down to, we really need to become better. Mm. Uh, the people in the business need to become better. Like mm. you're only as good as your people. Sure. The only reason we've made it as far as we have is because of the people in the business, mm-hmm. right? We wouldn't be where we're at today right. without the people in the business. So knowing that, it's really hard to give training and advice and help shape somebody's opinion about something. Like we have to, we have to take the way our technicians are thinking and reshape their brain to think about something different Mm. to the point where it becomes a habit Mm. and then they act a different way out in the field. Right. Right. That's very tough to do. Mm-hmm. Some of my guys have been doing this for 20 years right. and they've been doing it the same way for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it's a successful way. Mm. But could it be better? Absolutely. Right. So <clears throat> what we've decided is rather than holding two-hour chunks where we try to bombard them with a gazillion different things and then hope it catches on and right. then a week later we're like, do you remember those 10 million things? And they're like, I remembered one thing for one day and then I forgot the rest. Right. Um, we are going to, we've bought some different service technician training that we're mm-hmm. trying out. We're going to try out a, a, a few of them, mm-hmm. see which one we like best. And we're going to start running them through the training, but every single day. Mm. Um, and so the training is like five minutes. Mm. It's a five minute video. That's it. And so we're going to bring everybody in and we're going to hold the meetings. We're going to have three agendas during the meetings. There's going to be just like a three-step meeting. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's going to take like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. because we need our guys out in the field. Yeah, sure. Their first calls can't really take much longer because they're going to have stuff to do shortly after that meeting. Yeah, we need them to be productive. That's how we make money. Yeah, like to the earlier point, like if you just have, if you just take a month off to just do meetings, you're going to, you're not going to have a lot of money. Yes, so we need to find this middle ground. No. Oh, what'd you say? Not middle ground, but you said sweet spot. Uh, the sweet spot. Yeah. 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 The positive spin on the the middle ground is middle not ground. the sweet spot. Sure. <clears throat> These are two totally different things. Nah, we're thinking of the same thing. We just think about it differently. Maybe. I'd be happy to go into it. Well, maybe we can find a middle ground on it. <laughs> yeah, which is we're just going into <laughs> it. <laughs> or a sweet spot. So um it's gonna be a threefold meeting. There's gonna be three parts to it. Every day we are going to call somebody out for doing something well mm. that we liked the day before. Mm-hmm. 
because how, wait, how are you gonna how are you gonna know that? Like what they how are the, you gonna how are you gonna find so many things to call out every day? The general manager is actively looking for one thing a day mm. that he can say, okay, this went really well, mm-hmm. good job on that. Gotcha. Every single day. Mm. Okay. Um, because that has been a weak point in the past for us. Mm. Like, um, not not necessarily like not noticing the positive, but it's really easy as a as a manager or as a business owner to only see the negatives in your business. Sure. Yeah. And when you do that, when you focus on the negatives, you sow negativity into your company. Mm -hmm. And, and even if you're not sowing negativity, you're not sowing positivity because you're not focused on the positivity. Right. Right. And so if you want positive things to happen in your company, you have to focus on the positive things and then sew that back into your company, right? Mm -hmm. You reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of along the same lines of what I'm understanding culture to be of Mm -hmm. you get what you tolerate. Mm -hmm. I think the other side of that Mm. is not only do you get what you tolerate, but you also reap what you sow, right? Yeah, 100%. So it's a twofold process. I mean, and like, like when I talk about like, there's a tension here. Like, so when we think about sweet spot or middle ground, we're existing between the intention of two ex- the, the tension of two extremes. Yeah. One extreme is to do only focus on the negatives. Hopefully that by calling out the negatives, people will see them and improve. The other side is only <clears throat> focusing on the positives and never talking about like, hey Jared, you're so awesome. I appreciate you. I'm never gonna tell you that you're late and I hate that. Yeah. And so there's a tension and it's it's almost easier to do one of those things than the other. Yeah. But the hard spot is operating in the middle where you're pulled and you have to do something that you don't really want to do, like have that hard conversation or just deal with the idea that like, yeah, you might have to like encourage a guy who you might not think should need that Yep, because he's like a gruff plumber guy. I shouldn't need to tell him good job. Yeah. But so with us, like when I was involved in the company day to day, I'm very the positive guy. Mm, Yeah. And I don't like having those tough conversations of like, hey, why are you being a dick? Like, st- <laughs> yeah. I need you to stop. Yeah. I got better at that, sure. but it was still hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. And then we brought in my manager. He's really good at, hey, why are you being a dick? Yeah, and, and he's he, very good at just straightforward communication. He will call you out on it. Yeah. When when he came into the company, neither of us had a good idea of mm-hmm. what company culture is right, and how to shape it. Mm-hmm. No clue. Mm-hmm. So we're learning as we go, right? And so he knew my style. And honestly, like when, you know, in the situation that we're in, we have nine guys, but they were hard to get. Yeah. And I don't want to lose them. Yeah. They're all good guys, yeah. right? But I don't want to piss them off and lose them because if I lose them, they're really hard to replace. Yeah. Okay. At the same time, all of those guys make really good money working mm. for us. And we were scared to call them out on their crap because we were afraid to lose them. Mm. But the reality is is that we were doing them a disservice by not calling them out on their crap. Not just them, but everybody else on the team. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're essentially jeopardizing the whole thing by not holding certain people accountable. Yes. So my general manager held back on that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, And it's like it's probably a good thing because we weren't sowing positivity at the same time. Right. So it would have leaned real hard one way. Right. But now that we're once we came on the understanding of like, Hey, we just can't, we can't tolerate things Mm. we don't want. Like if somebody comes in with a bad attitude, 
or does something we don't want, mm -hmm. we cannot tolerate it or we're going to get more of it. Mm -hmm. So we've been hammering down on that kind of stuff. We quickly realized we have to sow positivity back in at the exact same time. Yeah, because if you're just hammering down, it, it's it, going to kill you. Because the human, I mean, you know, it's like for humans to get proper feedback about their performance, they yeah. need both sides. They need both like, sides. When we discipline our children, they need direction so that they know how to improve, but then they also need discipline so that they know how to stop doing the stupid thing. Yeah. And it, and, but if you just lean too heavily on one thing, then you have an imbalanced person. Yeah. And that's not what you want. You want balanced technicians <clears throat> who can do a good job and can yep. receive criticism and instruction, yep. but then also understand that they're worth something. Yep. Because that helps people continue to improve when they're like, oh, I'm worth something. I can actually be something better than I am. But if they only hear that they suck and they're worthless, yep. that's what they're going to think. Or they'll just leave and yep. look for someone else to recognize them. So that's gonna be the first part of our meeting. The second part of our meeting, we'll watch the training and then we'll just do a super quick discussion on the training. Mm. And then we're gonna do a, okay, so according to this training, this is how we need to be thinking or this is how we need to be focused mm. or this is what we need to work on. So today, I want all of you here to think about that one thing, to focus mm. on that one thing. Like go do your job like you normally do, but focus on this one thing. Sure. Make this one super small tweak. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully it will compound over time. Right? Sure. And if we're hitting them with it every single day, mm -hmm. it's one tiny little thing every single day, 1% mm -hmm. better every single day. Yeah. Um, over the course of the year, I think it'll make a huge improvement. Yeah. And then we're going to take our, our two-hour chunk of training on Thursday and we're going to focus on technical training. Sure. Just to like just better technical. the guy's technical skills, to yes. make them more useful yep. to the, just the labor force in general. Yep. <clears throat> we're, shifting, we're shifting the company mission from, from like when, when I started the company, it was, hey, I'm building this cool thing. You want to come be a part of it? Yeah. Um, then it kind of shifted to like, hey, we're, we want to grow into the premier service contractor mm. in Fairbanks. Then we kind of hit that goal. And for the last year, we haven't really had something that we're all striving for together. Mm -hmm. My guys haven't had something to believe in. Mm -hmm. They haven't had a reason to get better. Right. So we're shifting the mission to building a legacy of, mm. you know, my th what did I call it? I just wrote an annual letter to all of my guys. Um, and I called it, you read it, do you remember? I don't remember. Service professionals. Yeah, you were you yeah. well. You were shifting the language of technician, CSR manager to service <clears throat> professionals. Service professionals is what we're going to start calling them, and then um, we're building a legacy of world class service. Mm. And so I want what the way I pitched it is: fifty mm. years from now, mm -hmm. I want my kids and their kids and their mm. uncles and their parents and whoever sure. is still alive. To look at the company and go, yeah, my dad helped build that, right. or my mom helped build that, or still is working in it to yeah. this day. Yeah, actually, I mean, it's so coming from where I worked at before at Wrights. Yeah, like that was a company that had existed from fifty years. Yeah, like fifty-five years when I left. Yeah, and when you're part of a company that's been successfully doing something for that long. Yeah, like 
second generation. Yeah. It's pretty cool because then like, oh, the boss's son still works in the company. Yeah. And there's a lot of history and roots that go back um, that make it a cool place to be a part of. Yeah. Beyond just like the startup <clears throat> that you get paid good money, but then it fizzles or it morphs into this and it's not what it used to be. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like companies with long histories are cool. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to achieve that with one Thursday morning meeting. No. It's going to be a continual thing that we have to keep aligned towards every single day. Yeah. And I think that's like with meetings, like they have to be intentional. Yeah. Like you can't just have like a meeting with like crappy meetings. It's kind of like, all right, what's how, on your mind, Jared? How's it going? How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you know in your head, that's how I get them to talk. And then I lean into my agenda once I figure out where they're at. Yeah. Because like if it's, it's like the context of a one-on-one -on -one meeting, you kind of want to hear what they've done. And what I've learned is that if you pollute the air with your ideas, yeah. you might just not even hear what they have to say, yeah. which you want to hear what your guys have to say yeah. because they have a perspective that you don't, especially True. if your business is on autopilot and you're not in it. Like yeah. you want to hear somebody be like, hey, Jared, so this is actually what I'm experiencing. And you're like, oh, dang, I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. Like you need, that's so important because mm -hmm. that can help you see threats to your business that you had no idea lurked because they lurked within the people of your business. Yep. Because they were just disgruntled and you had no idea. Yep. And you were just having a good time, making money, do, do, do. thinking about cool stuff. And do, then the next do, thing do. you know, you're like, why is everybody, why is there an uprising? <clears throat> yeah. Why is everybody so pissed? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's cool, man. You have to keep us informed on how it goes. Oh, I will. I will. You can guarantee that. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. I was just I was thinking I was thinking about this podcast. Um, yeah, and what would be because in my mind it's like the biggest question that guys have come to me the biggest struggle. And see, the thing is, this is its own episode. It's just about hiring, but like hiring almost dovetails into what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. But I almost think that because we want to talk about what you got here. Oh yeah, and like hiring is already like its own thing, and I don't want to shortchange hiring. Because like we've had a marketing in 2024. Well, I that I guess that episode probably out by now if you're listening to this. Maybe um, we've had a pricing 2024, and it's important that we have a hiring <clears throat> 2024. But that's like a deep dive on building culture and attraction and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um. So, anyways, I was just thinking about like, well, we could talk about that, or we could just lean into this and then go with it. Let's lean into this, then we'll talk about hiring. Okay. That'll okay. Be good. Okay, Jared, I got a question for you. What? <laughs> hey, man. Oh, crap. I got to remember the question. Um, okay. If a customer asks me to break down a bid for them. Say no. Okay. Say no. Well, I don't what a, do that. Well, like, how do you even, like, get around that, though? Because it's, like, a pretty direct, like, yo, man, break this down for me. What do you mean by a breakdown? Uh, like, I just want to know, like, what I'm paying for, essentially. Like, you're here. This seems like an astronomical amount of money. Uh -huh. So can you justify this to me so that I feel better about this purchase I'm about to make? So like I gave you a lump sum estimate and then you want it broke down into labor and materials. I just want it broke down in anything. <laughs> well, cause that, cause like I am just a little flabbergasted that the price is X, right? The price is $5,000 seems to be pretty steep. There's a few reasons why. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> If you're giving estimates, you should give them in one lump sum. You should go flat rate, have a list of what you're going to do mm -hmm. and how much it's going to cost to do that thing. 
right? Like an itemized list? You can itemize it. You can have it all in one giant paragraph, however mm. you want. But let them know like, okay, this is what you can expect from us mm. and this is how much it's going to cost. Yeah, not itemize like this is how much we <clears throat> this is how much we charge for me doing this and this yeah. is how much we charge from this thing happening here. Yeah, you do not want to go this is what we're going to do. We're going to have 50 hours at this hourly rate. It's going to cost you this much mm. and we're going to have this many materials and it's going to cost this much for those materials and this is going to be the total bill. Don't what's, don't do that. Like what's the what's why wouldn't you do it that way? That seems like the most transparent way. So the the biggest reason is to keep it simple. Like mm. it seems transparent to the like the plumbing world, right? If you're a plumber, you're like because you think of everything in labor and materials, right? Sure, cuz <clears> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, what, that's that's what you're trading. Yeah, and it seems like it seems fair to say, okay, I'm going to have this many hours in it and I think the material is going to cost this much. And so here's how much it's going to cost Miss mm. Jones, I think. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. And then you yeah. do the job and you come in under hours and so you adjust the hours and you charge her less. Mm. And then you only spent, you know, $20 on materials and you thought it was going to be 40 so mm. you adjust the materials mm -hmm. and then you adjust the price for Miss Jones. Right. On the other side of that, <clears throat> like that seems fair, right? Yeah, Miss Jones wins, you know, you correctly accounted for everything and then Miss Jones gets, doesn't get a big, as big a bill. Sure. Um, on the other side of that, you have, you know, okay, what happens if you bid it for 10 hours and it took you 20? Mm. And then you got to go up the price on Miss Jones. Mm. That doesn't seem very fair. She or, thought or it maybe was going to not even up the price. She thought it was going to cost, you know, two grand. And now you're saying it's going to be four grand, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a big difference. Or let's say you thought you were going to spend $40 on materials and now you spent $200 on materials. Mm -hmm. And now Miss Jones has to spend an extra 160 bucks. That doesn't seem very fair, does it? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the fairest way for the customer and really, the simplest way mm. for the contractor mm -hmm. is to say, okay, I think it's going to take this many hours. I think it's going to cost this much in parts. The more accurate you are on that, obviously sure. the better. And then you bill, then that's what you do for the customer. Mm. Unless there's some sort of like complete change, like sure. you cut open into the wall and it's completely different than what you thought. Right. Then it's like, okay, we got to do something different because this is completely different than what yeah, I thought. Yeah, we essentially have to write up a new bid. A <clears throat> new bid we we have to write point. up a new bid, yeah. Um, that way the customer knows upfront exactly what it's going to cost. Mm. Now, do you, if you get it done quicker, should you discount? Or do you count it as extra? I mean, I, well, I would say you count it as extra. You count it as extra, right? You bid it at a certain amount. You had an agreement with the customer sure. to do said work at certain dollar amount mm -hmm. and you did the work, they pay you the dollar amount. Mm. That's how that works. <clears throat> now, if you go in and let's say it takes you twice as long and mm. you underestimated, but you told that customer, hey, I'm going to do it for this dollar amount. Well, then you're tied to that dollar amount, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so you wouldn't recommend <clears throat> that. And in that example, you didn't come across any scope of work change. No. You just 
You just, just screwed took, up. Yeah, you just made you a mistake. You made a mistake. Yeah, so you yeah. have to recognize that you made a mistake. Yep. Scope of work didn't change, and now you just have to eat the cost. Yep. Yeah. On the other end of it, like the if you're doing hourly, the the contractor, the customer pays less when you underbid, mm. and the contractor never gets to win a little extra. Mm-hmm. But then typically what happens is when they go bid something hourly and it takes longer, they still bid, they, they like honor their original price, right? Right. And so they only have times where they lose. Right. They, they never win a little extra to make up for the right. lose. So at the end of the year, like if you look at that way bigger picture instead mm-hmm. of just job by job, mm-hmm. they're going to lose. Yeah. Because they lost more than they won extra because they never won extra, right? Do you think that then that could lead to contractors padding it a little bit in their favor? That's what you should do. Yeah, because they know that they're going to lose, so they pad it. You're in business, like, you want to try to make money on every single job. Yeah. So if you bid a job and the customer agrees to it, you should always be trying to beat your bid. Sure, yeah, of course. Like, don't cut corners. Right. Don't do yeah, a crappy obviously. job. Yeah, you still have to retain the customer. But beat your bid by being more efficient, mm. being on top of things, being mm-hmm. faster at what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you go in if you, if you you go in and you told the customer, you're probably going to be here for a couple days, right? and you knocked it all out in one day, mm-hmm. the customer should be happy. Yeah, especially if it's like a job that would take a couple of days. It's probably a big job where the yeah. customer is going to be inconvenienced. They're thinking, for two days. okay, so I'm not going to have this convenience or this <clears throat> necessity in my house. I got to go live with my mom or whatever. Yep. Like, hey, you know what? We pulled some strings. We got it all together. Yep. Parts were here. It was awesome. Yep. And you're taking care of it today. Exactly. And they already agreed to the price at the beginning. So yeah. it's almost like the work that we said we were going to do got done. We just did it faster. The price doesn't change. Now, what if what if in this scenario I'm that customer and I'm like, okay, so do I get a discount because it took so much quicker? That's why you don't break stuff up on your bid. Mm. So whenever somebody asks you, can I get a breakdown of labor and materials, mm. it's, it's usually for one or two reasons, right? The first reason is, <clears throat> and you're going to have to remind me to go to reason number two, but... <laughs> The first reason... <laughs> Got it, boss. Okay. The first reason is they... And this one's probably the most innocent of the reasons, right? Mm. They don't have enough money or they thought mm. it was going to be cheaper and it's... Or better way to say that is what you offered them at your price point was not within their budget. Sure. And so they're trying mm. to figure out how they can still get c- closer to what they want but get the budget down, right? Mm. But they don't know how to ask you that. They're not comfortable coming to you and going, this uh, is this is too expensive. Can we make this cheaper, right? Yeah, so what do they... Because <clears throat> like when they're asking that, are they wanting to go buy the parts themselves or something? No, or like what they're, are they just, thinking? they're just wondering like, oh, okay, what's all involved in this scope of work and mm. like what can we do to get it cheaper, right? Gotcha. And so if you, like, if you just gave them one estimate... And then they come back at you on a breakdown and you ask them, like, hey, can I ask why you want the breakdown? And they're like, well, it's just, you know, it's more than I thought it was going to be. Then you as the contractor can go, oh, well, let's see if we can get this within your budget. Like, Mm -hmm. what's your budget? Let's see if we can, like, do some things differently or use Mm -hmm. a different type of material or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we're not going to read, maybe we can do it in two phases. Like, hey, let's do phase one first. 
And then we'll come back uh, and do phase two. Yeah, sure. Phase one has a clean stopping <clears throat> point where you're not going to lose service, but it's not done yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So you start to just make a... So then you're working with the customer to get to the point where they can do the service and pay yeah. and all the things. Yeah, you're still making the money you need, and but you're working with them to get it inside their Yeah, budget, it's not like right? a binary, like, oh, sorry, we can't do anything, so you got to call somebody else. Uh-uh. Because, like, again, if you think about it, like, you're in this person's house. You did enough stuff to give them a bid. It yep. makes sense for you to try to just, like, capture this opportunity and figure yeah. it out. Totally. Mm. And really, you can avoid a lot of that just by providing options. Sure. So if you provide, like, base fix, like, basic or mid-tier and premium-tier mm-hmm. um, solutions, you can because then they get to pick. Right. Yeah, and then they can almost well. Then they they could even be like, well, because you already gave them prices with those options, right? Yeah. So then they can, yeah, then they get to choose. Like, well, my budget's this, and yep. you know, my wife doesn't want that, so let's just do this one. That makes sense. And yep. then maybe later we could think about that. Yeah, and w- you can literally go to them, offer them options, give them most expensive option down to the cheapest, and then you say, which one do you want to do? Yeah. And they get to sit there and think about it, and maybe ask you some questions. And at that point, it needs to become an open dialogue of, I really like this option, but I don't want to spend that much. Can we yeah. not do this portion of it? Or yeah. is there any way we can do like a mixture of these two? Yeah, sure. Get it like in right in the middle. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I really like, I like this option, but I like what's on this one. Can we move that portion of it over to this option? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it's <clears> almost <throat> like, like what I'm hearing you say is that when people are asking for the breakdown, it's because they almost don't know what to say. Exactly. Like they're well, that's go. one person. Yeah, sure. Yeah. In this scenario with option with person number one, yep. that they don't really know what to say. It's just they're confused or they're just trying to figure out how to make it work. Yep. Like they they want to do the work, they just don't quite know how to negotiate. Yep. They probably never had this conversation before. Yep. Um Okay, gotcha. Okay. What about person number two? Person number two is just trying to get a deal Ah. or they want to see if they can get a deal or they're trying to cut like what they're really trying to do is they want to see, okay, they bid it for this many hours Mm -hmm. or they bid it for this many materials. Like the worst thing you can do like material wise. And I've seen guys do this, like Mm -hmm. we're going to use, you know, 20 feet of pipe, 30 nineties, and this, this, and this. Like that intricate, like down oh, to yeah. the T. <clears throat> yeah, oh, and wow. then the customer comes back and goes, well, I only measured out 10 feet of pipe. Oh, gosh, they probably bust their tape measure out, and they go yeah. start marching and around. And 25 90s, and... So why do you need 30? Were you not good enough to do it with 25? Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. Like... So I needed a discount, because mm-hmm. you didn't install all the stuff that you had on my bid, Oh, right? yeah, sure. I no. counted all the leftovers. <clears throat> Yeah, and they don't mm-hmm. and they don't understand like you buy a ten foot stick of pipe and you throw a six foot chunk up and the four foot stick may or may not get used, right? Mm, yeah. They don't understand that. Yeah. Or you I mean, you didn't even just like nail it down Nat's ass on your estimate. You were just like, it's sure, roughly yeah. gonna be this much. Yeah. Um and you didn't communicate the roughly part, perhaps because your system requires yeah. exact rigidity, and yeah. then you're like, this is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> or or on the labor side, if you're like, hey, we're going to, you know, here's our hourly rate. It's going to be 30 hours of labor and materials, right? Total yeah. cost is going to be this. Mm-hmm. And you come out and you get it done in 25 yeah. hours. 
Then they come back and they're like, hey, you were only here for 25 hours. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you were only on site for 25 hours, sure, yeah, but yeah. you had five hours getting materials mm-hmm. or five hours, you know, getting ready in the morning, like right. loading up the trucks, all that stuff. They don't see all that stuff. Right. And so they're going to come at you and be like, hey, I want to, I want a break. Sure. Like you said you'd be here for 30, you're only here for 25. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's a value discrepancy. <clears throat> yeah. So not totally fair. Yeah. The thing with the other thing you're going to run into with materials is people are going to go, they want to know how much the materials are and how much the labor are because they're thinking, well, what if I go get the materials and then right. I just have to pay you your labor rate? Right. What is that? What am I <clears throat> going to end up out of my own pocket if I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Which, like a lot of contractors, will not do owner supplied materials. Mm. And the reason is. <clears throat> Because if you think about it, like on your P&L, mm-hmm. you have your total income. Mm-hmm. Then you have your COGS. Mm-hmm. In your COGS is your materials, right? right. It's materials and labor yep. for the most part mm-hmm. and subcontractors. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So if, all, if you got rid of all your materials in your COGS, you would not have mm. enough money left over to cover your overhead. Like we, like sure. the fact of the matter is a plumbing business relies on the money that it makes from materials to cover overhead and make a profit. Yeah. Interesting. If hmm. you don't have, if you're not marking up your materials a hundred percent, right. Then you won't be able to have enough money left over at the end for overhead and profit. So then, yeah. So what you're saying <clears> is that <throat> if the customer is going to supply the materials, you're going to lose out on that job. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So mm. if you were running like a labor only business, yeah, your labor rate would have to be way higher. Yeah. Cause you'd have to make up that <clears throat> percentage you ha- somewhere. You have to inflate your labor rate to cover your overhead costs yeah. at that point. Interesting. So <clears throat> you ha- you have to mark up materials. Um, <laughs> you can buy them, but I'm still going to mark them up. <laughs> You should, like, <laughs> realistically. So, like, we'll go do, you know, somebody calls and they bought a toilet or they bought a faucet. Yeah. We'll install it with no warranty. Yeah. And and we'll eat those ones because it's a small number, right? Yeah. And it's a small a, number of people who actually do that. Small number of people that actually do yeah. it, and the actual material cost is relatively small. Sure, because right? it's like a toilet. Yeah. Yeah. But if somebody was to call us and say, hey, um, I want you to provide me with a list of all the materials for my heating system, right? We'd say no, we don't do that. Yeah, because you're talking like fifteen thousand dollars worth of materials. Yeah, and then also like the chance of them getting all the right stuff. Yeah, like probably not that hot. Like, dude, that's the thing. You give them a list, they come back with the wrong stuff. But they come back like, well, now, I got all this stuff from this vendor, and you're like, dude, yeah. but these aren't compatible. Dude, and I got. I got these clips because yeah. they were cheaper. Exactly. And you're I like, didn't get yeah. the the Unistrut you wanted. I got these, yeah. you know, van hangers because they were cheaper. Yeah, and all this, yeah, sorts <clears> of stuff. For those of you guys who use van hangers, you got to stop. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> nope. So, yeah, nope. I'll explain it to you. So in in the AK, we use Unistrut. You know what Unistrut oh, is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And we use strut clips. Mm-hmm. And we would put up a piece of Unistrut, mm-hmm. and we can run multiple pieces of pipe on one piece of Unistrut. Yeah. yeah. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. People who use van hangers, van hanger, you've seen them. They're the little copper things you screwed into the wall, mm-hmm. and it's got a clip that holds like one pipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those suck. Gotcha. 
you can't like you put it in the spot and you can't move your pipe around. Yeah, it's just rigid, it's just <clears throat> chilling there. Yeah, if you're yeah. off by like an eighth of an inch, your pipe's crooked. Hmm. So people who use van hangers start using Unistrut, you'll be way happier. Mm. Promise you, and you'll be way faster and your stuff will look better, in my yeah. opinion. There you go. <clears throat> yeah. That Unistrut look. I like it. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, I, we shipped a lot of Unistrut. <clears throat> a lot of Unistrut. Oh, I bet you did. And then, like, I've done whole plane loads did. of, like, 2,500 pounds of just, like, Unistrut. Yep. It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> just, like, cl- <laughs> yep. loud and clanky and heavy and strapping yep. it down's a pain. And Yep. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. <sighs> Probably even for you when you went out to Hughes. Maybe. Yeah. Dude, they had so much stuff out there. It was, like, crazy. Yeah. I kid you not. This guy, the dude calls me. He's a native guy. Like, and I don't want to upset anybody, but this guy's, like, what I would consider like village native, like yeah. he's straight out of the village. Yep. So his his probably native, lives there like his whole life he, and just yeah his, does stuff. The mayor, oh yeah, of sure. the village calls oh, me, yeah, and yeah. he has a strong native accent, yep. right? And he calls me, and I can barely understand him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Probably got a bad cell phone connection <clears throat> too, because he's calling you from the village. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. he tell he's telling me. We need a plumber to come out. I got all the materials. Mm. I just need somebody to come out and, and do the work. Yep. And I'm like, no way. Yeah, like, going all the way out to Hughes. Yeah. Like, the, there's no, like, there's no way you have all the materials, yeah. first of all. Was it what, was a big job? What was it? It was. It was the, they were building a community center, yeah. which people are probably thinking a giant building. The community center in the village is like a house. Yeah. So it's like plumbing a, a four bedroom, three bath house. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All the plumbing and heating involved. Mm-hmm. And he calls me up <clears throat> and I'm like, there's, there's no way. And there's no way he's going to want to pay my rates. Yeah. At the time I was 140 an hour. Oh, was that that? Were you that cheap <clears throat> back? You must've been J-Rods back then. Hundred, Yeah, I was yeah. 140 an hour. I told him he's got to pay all of my plane tickets. Mm-hmm. He's got to pay. He had to pay for, um, I think it was so much per day and per diem. Mm-hmm. And then, any like anything over eight hours was overtime. Yeah, because you were flying out to Hughes, Alaska, which was like yeah, I don't know, hour and a half flight or whatever. Yeah, like, it's in the middle of nowhere. You're out there for what a week or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, dude, I go out nowhere. No, yeah. The craziest part, I go out there, I meet this dude. He pulls me off the plane. Mm-hmm. I go stay in the school. Nobody's mm-hmm. in the school. Mm-hmm. I remember. Do you remember the Wi-Fi? Do you remember me telling you about that? Yeah, I feel like you had to go to where all the Wi-Fi was in the village. I went there twice. Yeah. The first time I couldn't... Everybody's just outside, bundled up, looking at their phones, doing yeah. their email and everything. Yeah. First time yeah. I'm at, I'm staying at the school and I can't figure out how to get on the Wi-Fi. The mm-hmm. school has Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And the guy told me, the, the mayor told me, yeah, mm-hmm. the school has Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, I'll get on Wi-Fi and I'll call my wife. Because yeah. I don't you don't have cell reception or yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I can't figure out how to use it mm-hmm. the hot water on this in the school isn't even on mm. um i finally figured out how to turn that on best day of my life <laughs> hot shower instead of cold yeah uh it was so funny because i see everybody outside using the school's wi-fi like yeah. it's not strong enough signal so they have to come stand like really close to the school yeah and they're all on their phones standing all around the school mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. everybody in the village mm-hmm it's raining outside. Mm. It's like 30 degrees. They're standing outside shivering. Yeah, just using getting, the Wi-Fi. Using the Wi-Fi. They're getting soaking wet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the second time I came, mm-hmm. I, I asked somebody, hey, what's the pa-? Somebody's outside shivering to death yeah. using the Wi-Fi. And I go, what's the password for the Wi-Fi? And they go, oh, it's whatever it takes. Oh, and I thought gosh. that was so funny because- Dang. 
That is funny. That's a great. Yeah. Well, what's funny is that you, Gail Bourne yeah. was the superintendent at the school, right? Yeah. I guarantee you he set that Wi-Fi password yeah. Yeah. to whatever it takes to be funny because it's totally his humor. Yeah, it is. He's like, whatever it takes to get on that Wi-Fi. Whatever it takes you know? to get on that Wi-Fi. I'll stand outside in the cold. I'll yep. stand outside in the rain. I'll get on it. Cracked me up. Yeah. Super hmm. funny. Anyway, yeah. I go to this village, mm -hmm. dude, and the guy has all the parts. Like the ones you needed? Everything. Oh, wow. I didn't have to order a single thing. So you were able to just go there with your 350 pounds. No, nah, it was like 180 pounds, I think, chest that you brought. Yeah. That big tote, because I remember. Yep. And then you were just able to just do the work. Yeah. Yeah. It blew it actually, my mind. It actually worked out. It blew my mind, Yeah, that's dude. awesome. I thought for sure this guy's going to have to pay me a ton of money to sit there and do nothing and wait for parts to come in. Yeah. Nope. But then he had everything together for dude, you? He had his crap together. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool dude. Mm. Good people. Yeah, good people. Ah, the AK <clears throat> life. Yeah, I thought I was getting rich. I went up there for a week. I think I I think I think made like 12 grand on that whole job. Mm. Like the amount that they paid to get that roughed in was just retarded. Yeah. I should have set them 300 an hour. Yeah. They still would have paid it. Yeah, they would have. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They couldn't get anybody out there. Yeah. Nobody, you could, <laughs> nobody well, wanted to go. Because they had the same misconceptions in your head. Like yeah. the parts aren't going to be here. I'm going to be stuck on the – and like, you know – you're a contractor in the AK and you have these jobs stacked up and now you have to go out to the village where you might get weathered in. You yeah. might be stuck out there for an extra week that's going to bleed into your next job and all these other stuff you got going on. Like, yep. it's not like a casual, I can just go do the thing. Yep. Like we were talking about the other, like a uh, big street when they were going out there, like same issues. Yeah. Like you got crews of guys out there. Yep. And then I can't get all your Unistrut out on Monday for some reason. And then you're like, well, my guys need Unistrut because I'm paying them to yep. be out in a village where they don't want to be. And, and I, I got this project. Yeah. And I bid this tight project. Timeline, and like, or um, I wouldn't have got it because I would have been more expensive. Yeah. Like, imagine, <clears> like, the, like already, like, bidding jobs can be logistically challenging. Yeah. Imagine factoring in like plane rides into the middle of nowhere, no. weather that you can't control. No. All these circumstances are outside of your control. Never. Like, Good luck making money with that. Like, so inconsistent. No. Like, you'd have to hedge really, really hard in your favor. You would. And that's the problem is everybody who's bidding that work doesn't mm. hedge in their favor. And so if you bid it with hedging, you don't get it. Nope. And then you might luck out when you get that bid and yeah. everything works in your factor. <clears throat> but, but you should look one, at that and be like, let's not do that again because yeah. that could have gone wrong like, like so many different times. Heck yeah. Man, and now like... <laughs> Understanding what I know now, because I was in the position of like, oh, let's get your stuff out. And they're like, dude, we didn't get that one part out. Like, no, nah, man, I'm sorry. Plane got canceled. Like, now that I know what they were thinking, a little bit more sympathy for those contractors trying to pull that stuff together. Yeah. Screw that crap. <sighs> yeah, that's hard to do it, man. <clears throat> Residential service is so much easier. Yeah. Just think about, like, bidding that work. Think about having to create a process to bid like commercial projects out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And getting them accomplished and done when so many things are out of your control. It, what, it, a, what a complicated mess of a headache. Could you take sort of that idea and like translate it even into like, what if I got like a commercial project of like a big building or something like that? Yeah, like, dude, there's so much stuff that's out of your control. The GC could be a total nightmare to work with. Yeah, if you don't, and know you the don't GC. make any money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like my, my father in law has done commercial projects his whole life mm -hmm. since he was, I think he got in, started doing plumbing when he was 24. He is 56. So 30 years he's mm -hmm. been running. 
you know, plumbing and heating foreman on big commercial projects. Mm-hmm. He's a giant asshole. <laughs> I love the guy to death. Yeah. And he's not like this in person. No, yeah, he's a very funny, kind <clears throat> I mean, he person. He can be an asshole, but yeah. for the most part, he's a pretty yeah, nice guy, Yeah, he's just trying right? to make funny jokes, and if you know him, you know <clears throat> that he's just making jokes, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, like deep, like in his heart, good person, yeah. right? Um, but on a commercial job site, complete asshole, mm. because he has to be, mm. because he ha- like he has to protect sure. the bid. He has to get this done. Yeah, he can't talk. Like, when you talk about, like, Hammering guys with them. We don't tolerate that here. That's your father-in-law when it comes to those big jobs. Yeah, so dealing with the GCs and all the other trades, he's an asshole. Yeah. Because he has to be. Yeah, because, I mean, there's no margin for him. No, there's no no room to say, yeah, I just let that electrician screw me over by putting all this conduit in the way. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Or, Or, yeah, I used 300 extra feet of pipe because the, you know... I don't know, the, what do you call the duct guy? The sheet metal guy <laughs> wanted to put that stupid duct in the, you know, yeah. he ran the duct in the wrong spot on the yeah. plans. Yeah. My father, I want to go to him and be like, you got to move that thing because my pipe goes there. Yeah. Go look at your plans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> I can't go around. That's 300 extra feet of pipe that we don't have in our bid. Yeah. So you got to cut that out. Yeah. You made a mistake, not my fault. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, and... I mean, accounting for all those things, like it's, uh, it sounds stressful. Yeah. You can do it. You can make good money at it, but man, service is so much easier. Yeah. It's way easier. Yeah. Cause your bids aren't that complicated. No, they're super easy. Yeah. Especially if you came from that world and then you go into just somebody's house and you're like, oh yeah, it's like your toilet and junk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hardest part about service work is <clears throat> communicating with the customer. Yeah. I was just on a call with a guy <clears throat> today where he's like, He's like, yeah, I had to let my guy go because he just couldn't communicate. Like, yeah. I can sell like crazy because I'm yep. a great communicator, but this guy yep. just couldn't do it. So I ended up having to do the bids over the phone for this guy, yep. and that never works. And he freely admitted it. Like, it doesn't work over the phone because no. the whole thing requires me to be there Yeah. so that I can actually be a human. And I was like, yep. yeah, human to human. Yep. And so, like, because his hand couldn't talk to people, he just didn't work. It didn't work out. Yeah. 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 You know what he needs? What's that? He needs a good hiring process. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> that is true. He does, yeah, <clears throat> that and other processes. Yeah. I mean, actually, you know what? That's probably the hardest part mm. of owning a plumbing business mm. is hiring. I mean, I hear, especially like in our current context, yep. where it seems like that there's no work anywhere, or sorry, there's no labor anywhere. Yeah. The hiring is super hard super hard like it's hard already and if you just want to hire without a process then now it's really hard because then you don't even have a way to go about doing it you don't even have anybody to hire yeah true if you don't have a process mm. you have no like you you have to structure your whole company around hiring hmm. you have to make it attractive to other people yeah if it's not you'll never get people like there's two ends to that you have to make your business attractive to potential hires. And then you have to let those people know that you're hiring mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to always be hiring, mm. never ending. It's a never ending cycle of mm. we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. Sure. Like we run nonstop hiring ads, they're playing constantly on YouTube. Mm hmm. 
you go into the supply houses, there's little things of we're hiring. Mm-hmm. What do we postcards? Little postcards. We're hiring. Um, social media every week. We're hiring. Mm-hmm. We're hiring. We're hiring. Mm. Nonstop. Mm. <clears throat> Even though we may not hire a guy if he walked on our doors right now, we want everybody to know that we're hiring. Yeah, because like, because what's the like, what's the perception if you're not hiring? If people, well, people might go, yeah, I, that would be a great place to work, but they're not. But I don't know if they're hiring. Oh, sure. So I'm not even going to bark up that tree. Yeah. If they know you're hiring, mm-hmm. like you got to think of it this way: all the good plumbers are already working. Yeah. Right. So you either have to go get people who aren't plumbers and train them, mm-hmm. which works in some like states mm-hmm. where I'm at. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. That's a five year apprenticeship commitment. Sure. I can't afford to do that. Yeah. Um. I need to hire people who have already gone through an apprenticeship, who already know how to do their job, mm-hmm. and then train them how to do service, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so all the good guys are already working because everybody has the same problem you do. There's mm-hmm. a shortage of plumbers. Nobody can hire anybody. Mm-hmm. And if they're already working and their boss is pissing them off... Mm, sure. It only takes one bad day for somebody to jump ship. And if they know... Homeboy down the street is hiring. Mm. I know some of the guys at his shop, they get paid really well. Mm-hmm. They have really nice vans. They look like they're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. They're getting lots of five-star reviews. I see that they're always hiring. Maybe I'll go apply there, or at least I'll go talk to the owner, or at least I'll go mm-hmm. walk in and see what's up. Mm-hmm. That's how you get guys. Yeah, It's think- that whole package there. It's mm-hmm. the... Constant advertising we're hiring. Mm-hmm. It's the looking super cool, looking like a fun place to work, paying your guys well. That all plays a role in attracting people to your business. And when you do that, you'll get that slow drip of people sure. dripping in sure. to your company. So what if you're like, what if you're not quite there, but you need guys? But you don't like have the money to have the ads for now hiring or anything like that. But you know you need guys. You can always do social media posts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> always. Mm-hmm. You can do social media posts. You can, like in the beginning, what I did when I was still in the truck, I would see guys at the supply houses and I would introduce myself and get to know them, mm-hmm. say hi, and then tell them if you ever want a job. I'm growing this thing. It's going to be awesome. Mm. Let me know. I'll hire you. Mm. That's how I got quite a few of my guys. Mm. So it's just like, it's just like marketing for new customers. Like in the Uh, beginning, if you don't, if you don't Mm. have money to spend Mm. on a marketing company and pay-per-click ads and all that stuff, then what do you do? You go boots on the ground, right? You You start posting on social media. You start doing all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can do the same thing in the beginning with hiring. Mm-hmm. You can go on social media and say, hey, guys, looking for good plumbers. If anybody knows anybody, send them my way. I'll pay them more. I'll give them a better van, mm-hmm. and I'll give them better tools. It's, mm. it's going to be a way better opportunity. Yeah, and I guess <clears> – so then, like, but how do you, like, make – how do you fulfill on that promise? Like, now you made mean? that promise. Well, because it's like – I talk to guys and they're like, yeah, hiring's the hardest thing. Yeah. Like hiring's the hardest thing because there's nobody anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about it a little bit. And yeah, there's there's plumbers there because they're working, as yeah. we already determined. 
and it's it's always sort of an interesting conversation. It's, it's let's see how to put this. I guess it's difficult on my side of the phone because I hear that you're struggling with hiring, mm-hmm. but then if I start to learn about your business, I'm like, you're actually struggling with a bunch of things. Yeah. And like one question that usually comes up that I'll ask, I'll be like, so like, if you were just on the street, would you work for you? Yeah. Like, would you want to work at your company? Yep. And tell me why. Yeah. And I think it's a it's a good question because then it makes guys think like, would I actually want to work here? Like, and be real too, not like because obviously the angle of the question is clear because what I'm getting at is like, dude, I don't think I know why hiring's hard for you. Yeah. Because you don't have a business that's worth working <clears throat> at. Yeah. Think about that. If you're paying everybody more, like if your guys just make more at your company, mm. and you have better benefits, and you have better vans, mm. and you let them buy the best tools. And you give them a van to take home. Doesn't work everywhere, but if it does, then you do it. Cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Maybe you give them a credit card, and they have the freedom to go buy whatever they need to do their job, mm. right? Maybe they have more freedom working for you, right? All of those things are going to make people want to work for you. Mm-hmm. The few guys that you do have working for you, when they experience those things, uh, they're sure. going to go tell all their other plumbing friends, "This is the best job I've ever had." Yeah. Like, I get paid more, I have more freedom, the owner's cool, the Mm -hmm. trucks are badass, Mm. I get all the best tools. Mm. Like, everywhere I ever worked, they were stingy on tools, Mm -hmm. they had old ratty trucks, everybody was grumpy, (laughs) they never Mm. paid above, Mm -hmm. like, what was normal, Mm -hmm. right? They were always trying to skimp on pay. Mm -hmm. And if you can switch that around, you just become attractive to work at. Yeah. Um, and you'll start attracting people to it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think... And if you can't afford that, so that's another conversation. And I think that's usually what it has to be. Yeah. Because, like, when I'm talking to these guys, I don't get the sense that they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm 600 bucks per hour flat rate. Um, I have these things. I have great vans. I have... act Like, I'm doing all the things that I'm marketing. I'm consistently busy. That's why I'm looking to hire. I have a CSR. Like, I... the. The business model isn't put together nope. so that hiring doesn't make sense. So it's hard for me. Like, I want to be sympathetic to like, yeah, finding good talent is hard. But there's a big part of me that's like, also another question, the big part is like, well, how much is it you, the business owner, that you've created a ragtag business yep. that- It's a good one. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Ragtag. It's, yeah. It's like a ragtag business. It's like barely <clears throat> functioning. Yeah. And then you're trying to bring labor in. And then the excuse is, well, there's nobody who can work. And everybody yeah. who works right now sucks. So they're all- Instagram vapors, and that's yeah. all it is. No, it's just that the people you're attracting in your business suck. <laughs> like, they if they're telling you, like, everybody says hiring is hard, but yet there's shops that hire tons of people. Yeah, and right? they hold tons of people. And they hold tons of people, and they're able to pay their people well. Yeah. And people flock to them like crazy and go work for them. Why? Because right. they don't have a ragtag business. They don't have a ragtag business. They're able to take care of their guys. They make it attractive yeah. for people to come work for them. Yeah. Like, think about when you're a new business, especially, Mm. and you haven't been around for very long, and you're trying to get guys to come work for you, think about that from the guy's position. Yeah, it sounds super sketchy. Super sketch. Like, especially, like, if you are an intelligent plumber who's worth good money because you know what you're doing, you're going to be able to sniff out the company that doesn't seem like it's really a secure place. Yeah. Because you're going to... 
Like you're not going to feel the energy of yep. movement. Yep. You're going to feel the insecurity of the owner because you're like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yep. Because if you're that type of plumber, you probably just left that big shop because yep. you didn't dis- you agreed disagreed with something here or there. Yep. And you're trying to find something else. You yep. might even be considering starting your own thing. And then you show up at this guy who's got nice fan wraps. You know, he seems to be doing a couple of things, but then you're like, okay, this guy's not on any software. He wants me to do what? Mm-hmm. This is weird to me. Yep. Like, I don't... And he wants to pay me less than I'm making over here with yeah. less benefits? Yeah. Like, eh, I don't think so. Right here, this one a lot. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, guys will come to me and be like, hey, I just got off for a couple bucks more at the other store or at the other shop. Uh, I'm, What do you think? And then the owner's like, well, I couldn't match that. So I had to let yeah, him go. Why, why not? Yeah, because again, it's like <clears throat> the ragtag business model that they're operating doesn't yeah. allow for, oh, I can pay you more. Yeah, okay. But then it also doesn't allow for like, so what else about this shop has you interested? Yeah. Because money's one thing, but like, what about at my shop that is keeping you, that wants you to go somewhere else? Yeah. Because clearly I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Because money holds people to a certain extent, but it's not the main thing. Like it's the main thing at first, but then eventually people leave because, I mean, $2 bucks an hour? It's, like, it's money, and but it's also there's security in there. Mm. If they're not sure that they're going to continue to get that money, yeah. like if they're not, if they think, oh, I'm only going to get this money maybe for a couple months, well, then it doesn't amount to that much money. Mm. But if it's for, you know, 20 years, they can make more than anywhere else, then that equates to a lot of money, yeah. right? Yeah. So you have to give them that, like, you have to make them feel comfortable that you're going to continue to be mm-hmm. in business mm-hmm. forever and ever. Yeah. That you're really actually striving to do something. You're not just going to be some bomb and pop shop. You're not going to yeah, be. Yeah, he's not willing to change with the times. He's <clears throat> not willing to get marketing. Yeah. You are the up and coming premier plumbing company to work for. Yeah. And everybody's going to make more money working for you. Yeah. Right? And I mean, if you're a mom and pop shop who's been around for like 30 years, that still needs to be your mindset of, no, we're about to be an up and coming plumbing yeah. company. Yeah. Because the mom and pop shop that's been around for 30 years slips into the idea that they're always going to be around. Yeah. Because I hear guys where they're like, well, we've been around for like 30 years. We got word of mouth in this. And like in my mind, I'm like, that can go away like that. Dude. Like it only takes one company who can out market the crap out of you yep. and then pay plumbers more that eventually your loyal guys will go, yeah, but boss, I can make 25K more per year. I got kids. Yeah. And they promise these benefits. And if you're not on top of the innovation, yep. it doesn't matter how deep your roots go into that community. Yep. You will just slowly, slowly die until the company dies with you. Yep. You will. It's a, <clears throat> there's another aspect of that. Like we always talk about being the most expensive so that you can outmarket all of your competition, right? Because mm-hmm. the best known beats the best right. every time. But there's another end of that as well of when you control the labor market, mm. you win, right? Yeah. So, and and it's because you can have guys who are just way more productive. Sure. Um, or if you just have all the guys, then you're going to win. Right. How do you get all the guys? You provide them security, better paychecks, better benefits, mm. better work environment, help them make more money. Um. And when you have all of all of those guys, nobody else can get any guys, mm-hmm. right? Sure, yeah. So what you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Dang, I can't <laughs> find any help," it's because yeah. there's companies that are providing more security than you can currently provide. Like I think Correct. that's probably the best way to think about it. 
because then it, it makes you look inward instead of just blaming the circumstances. Because yep. if you're going to blame the circumstances, I would say like, all right, give up. <clears throat> yeah. Because you can't control the circumstances. So if that's where you're going to put the responsibility for the health of your business is the circumstances, yep. then okay, well then just shut her down and save yourself headache. <laughs> yeah. Like go and go work, go be, be secure somewhere and make good money because you're good at what you do. Yeah. For me, when I, getting my first few guys was tough. The first guy I got, he was just tired of doing commercial construction, mm -hmm. wanted to try residential. Mm -hmm. And I had a pretty good name for myself um, just in the plumbing community. So what do, that, what do you so mean that by that? A like, bit. Like, wh like what was good about your name? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really understand why. Mm. Um, but people just knew I was a good plumber. I don't know why. Well, um, okay, I can elaborate if you want. Well, I mean, I can't because I came out of the union, right? Sure. Grew up in the union, worked for one contractor for a long, long time. Um, always worked hard, ran projects when I turned out. Um, went into business for myself a few times. So I had a everybody kind of... I don't know if everybody knew who I was, sure. but there were quite a few people who knew who I was. And your father-in-law was connected my as well. My father-in-law was connected, and I just had the reputation of being a good plumber. Yeah. And so my first hire, he was like, yeah, I'll go work for him. And it was just because, mm -hmm. for the most part, I just had a reputation of being a good plumber. Yeah. And he was tired of doing or construction, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. He was constantly getting put on, going up north, doing out-of-town mm -hmm. work. Sure. And the idea of being in town excited him, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And everybody can, everybody can play to the, the twenty four hour service game as well. Right. Like if you're a business and you don't do twenty four hour service, it's going to be really attractive to guys who have families. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because that on call phone sucks. Yes. Like when it's your turn to hold the on call phone and the wife really wants to go away for the weekend and you're like, sorry, babe, I'm Dude, on call. It just sucks in general. It's just a it, yeah. on call sucks. Yeah, you get a ring in the middle of the night and then yeah, sucks. You got to go to work like still. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It's terrible, especially if you're in your, especially if you're in a climate that experiences winter. Oh, dude! Then you got to get ready for cold in the middle of the night. And if I did on call in my business right now, my guys would work nonstop. Yeah, twenty four seven. You'd burn them out. All nine of them. Yeah, they would all quit. You'd get more call outs. You'd get more sick guys. Probably more injuries. We lose some customers because of it, but I will literally lose all of my customers and my entire business if I were to do on call. Yeah. And if we limited it to one guy or two guys on call at a time, we would still lose the same amount of customers. And you introduce a weird cultural <clears throat> thing of like, well, who's on call and how come he's on call more than me? And yeah. the senior, like that guy's never on call. He always gets yeah. out of it. Like, yeah, gotta deal with that whole thing. Yeah. Screw that. Yeah. Not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about something before that. Um, we were talking about how you hired your first guy and sort oh, of like yeah. why your name was yep. important. So I, I feel like I kind of lucked out, right? He's still with us today, mm -hmm. one of our top producing technicians. Um, the second two guys, it took, they were, they saw that I was doing something different and something cool mm. and they wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So that was like their first thing, right? Mm. I'd met both of them. Um, actually, guy number two I met at the parts store. Mm. <clears throat> he was a cool guy. Told me if he ever needs a job, come see me. Mm -hmm. And then he saw that we were kind of like doing stuff, mm -hmm. hired my first guy. Um, and so they wanted to be a part of it. And then I told him, 
I'll pay you more than you're making right now. So yeah, so I was like, so they were, that's that's actually really important to, uh, an important takeaway is that like the energy and sort yeah. of the, the personality of the business owner is a big deal. Yeah. And I think that, so tell me what you think of this, but this is my theory, is I think that a lot of business owners, they push away people because they're not willing to sort of change themselves. And so they'll stay too gruff, too rough, all these things or whatever, and they just won't exude like confidence that yep. like, hey man, this is gonna be awesome, it's gonna work, it's gonna be cool. Yep. And like, I think what drew these guys to you is that was your personality. You're like, yeah man, I'm building a thing, it's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be cool. Yeah. Like, we're having a good time over here. Yeah. And those guys were like, having a good time? What does I that was, even mean? I was genuinely excited about it. Yeah, because I mean, <clears throat> what plumber is genuinely excited about the thing? Yeah. And it showed. And I had brand new vans. Sure. And they would they would see my decked out van at the parts store. Mm. They'd be like, dang, that's rad. It's all decked out in Milwaukee, all mm -hmm. the Milwaukee tools. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they're working for a contractor where they're not allowed to go buy new tools. Mm. And so just those few things got them over. And I only had to pay them like 2 or $3 more an hour. Yeah, sure. Just enough. To get them to come over. Because the thing is. That is was they, it. They had already sold themselves on the direction you were going and working with you. Yeah. And then you just iced the cake with more money. Yeah. And like in a perfect world, that's how it should be. Like they should want to come to work for your company because they see that, oh, it'll be better for me over here. Yep. Oh, and I make more money. Yep. Because then, man, then you got to. That you won right there. Yep. Because then when another company is like, hey, we'll give you $2 more, yep. one, they're like, yeah, maybe. Hold on. I bet you if I talk to my boss, he'll figure that out. Yep. And then they'll want to stick with you because of all the other things. Correct. Like money is just one part of it. Yep. So that got me guy two and three. Um, guy two was actually working with guy number three. Mm. Guy two came over and then convinced guy three to come over. Mm. Um so he came to talk to me and I talked to him and I offered him more money and then he came to work. Um, and you could offer him more money because, well, how could you just offer these guys more money? Just, I had my pricing right. Yeah, you just understood what you were doing. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, the reality is, is at that time I still wasn't priced high enough. But you understood the pricing idea. The only, the only reason I got away with it at that time mm -hmm. is because I was still... I was still acting as like, I didn't have a general manager yet. Like we kept expenses as low as possible. Mm -hmm. The, the places we splurged were quality equipment, tools mm -hmm. and vans, quality guys mm -hmm. and lots of marketing. Yeah, sure. Everywhere else we were extremely minimal. I don't think I've any, I, to this day, of all the conversations I've had, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, yeah, man, I splurge on, well, guys will say, I got the best tools, and yeah. I try to get the best guys, but yeah. nobody says, I invest in the marketing heavily. No. I've never heard that. No, because it's it's a scary thing for them. It's, yeah. a, it's a new thing, right? Yeah, and a lot of times, the guys that I talk to, they're they're still typically service and new construction and commercial. Yeah. So they're and, still splitting these gaps. And if you're underpriced, you literally cannot invest in marketing. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. And here's the thing. like There were times back then I was spending on pay-per-click what I still spend to this day, right? <laughs> yeah. Like doing one, like I'm not even, I'm doing like 50K months spending 20K on pay-per-click. Sure. Right, spending tons of money on paperclip. Yeah, 
but it paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Like another, like another point is like when you're considering hiring, because everybody wants to hire because uh, typically they're busy, typically. Sometimes there's other reasons. Yeah. But usually it's because they're busy, but then they don't have a CSR to optimize the leads that are coming in and they, have, they oh, don't yeah. have real marketing. Yep. To optimize to actually get leads. Yep. And that's a really crappy <clears throat> position to be in because honestly, even if you know how to price yourself and you can pay this guy really well and you have all these cool cultural trappings, you're gonna get screwed because you don't have you don't have mechanisms to get jobs. And you don't have somebody to really make sure you're actually booking it and optimizing your schedule. Yep. There's a few key things you need to have in place before you hire somebody. Mm. You need to have your pricing dialed in. And you need to have your marketing system in place. Yeah. If you don't, and you should have a CSR, like hire a CSR before you hire another technician. Yeah. <clears throat> if you're if you're still answering phone calls and doing the jobs, that means if you hire a CSR, you can go do more jobs. So you can just stack away more cash. So you can stack more cash. Mm. And then when you're so busy, you can't do all the jobs, then you hire another technician. And and would you say you're so busy because your marketing is doing it? Or would you say, what if I'm super busy on word of mouth? Should I still I would hire another I would want my marketing in place. Sure. So like you, you want this thing, like mm. marketing in, in essence is like this, I think of it as a black box. Yeah. You put money in and money comes out. Right. <clears throat> but really the box isn't just marketing, mm. right? Inside that black box, you put money in, you spend money on marketing. Mm-hmm. Marketing produces a phone call or a form right. fill or something of that nature, mm-hmm. some way to get a hold of your business. Mm-hmm. And then you on your end need to be really good at taking that phone call, turning it into a book job, mm-hmm. going to the job, turning it into a sold job, and then getting paid. Right. Right. And you have to be priced right if you want to be profitable. Mm-hmm. When you have that whole system in place, that's money in, more money out. Right, yeah, the sure. more The more money you spend on the marketing, the more phone calls you're going to get. Right. The more phone calls you get, the more jobs you're going to book. Right. The more jobs mm-hmm. you book, the more jobs you're going to sell. Mm-hmm. The more jobs you sell, the more money you make. Mm. And then it's a matter of putting more money in, stressing the system mm-hmm. until you're so busy that you can't do it all. Mm-hmm. And that's the cap of printing money. Mm-hmm. To where you need more people. Yeah, sure. So then people truly become your limiting factor. That's when you hire. Yeah, and I think the perception is, oh, I'm super busy because of my word of mouth because I just started my business. Yeah, I need to hire a technician first. And then, yeah, hire like, a CSR, get some cash flow, yeah. stack a little bit of money, yeah. stack 20 to 30K. Yeah. That's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Hire a marketing company, Give them time to get it all in place. Mm. Make sure your PPC is working. Mm-hmm. Make sure your GLSA is making phone calls. Then you have a system that you can pump money in to produce more calls. Yeah. That's when you can hire. Yeah. I'm going to try to rope this analogy in there. It's going to be a stretch. So I've been watching, um, what's her name? Sally McRae. Sally McRae. Yeah. So she's an ultra marathon runner. She just did a 250 mile race and she won it. And in this race, I watched a documentary she had to pace herself early on in the first 120 miles because mm-hmm. she kept telling herself, like, the way you win this race for her is yep. going to be patience and wisdom. Yep. And I view the plumbing business as the same thing. Guys want to get 
really big, really fast. Yep. But since they're not wise and they don't act with patience, they put so many carts before the horse. Yep. And marketing is the main thing that they miss. Yeah. And so, well, one of them, like market, they, they marketing and pricing. Yeah, marketing and pricing. Those are two things they get wrong. Every, like ninety nine point nine times out of ninety nine times out of a hundred. So many times. Yeah. And so the temptation is is to look at it like in the race you're doing really well. You're in first place because you're busy and you're crushing it. You're making money. Let's get more guys. Let's buy, buy more vans. Yeah. But the thing is, is you're not racing yet. You don't have marketing. Nope. And so like when Sally is halfway through the race, she's getting passed, but she's like, I'm not racing yet. Yep. But she knew the moment when she would start racing and it was at a particular time in that race. Yep. And for you, you start racing once your marketing is not only it's established, right? Yep. It's not just purchased, it's established. The marketing company's like, cool, we're optimized. Website's yep. done. If you give us money, we'll get you phone calls. You yep. start to see that and you go, cool. I've been really busy turning down work, honestly, um, but I'm ready now to lean on this sucker and see it. And then you start racing then. Yep. So if you're patient and wise at the beginning of your business, you will actually have the foundation to actually go to where you want to go very quickly after that. Yep. So, and we can, like, you can see that if you look at my story. Mm. And most people I know, you can see it, yeah. right? It, the Anytime you run a marathon or a 100 mile or anything, there's a thing called negative split. <clears throat> and what it is, is in the first half, you actually want to run slower than you did in the second half. Sure. So if you're running a 100-mile race, if you can run the first half in 10 hours and the next half in nine hours, mm. that would be a race well ran. Sure. You paced yourself well. Yeah. Right? If you went out and ran the first 50 miles it as fast as you possibly could, let's mm. say you got it done in, in five hours or... That's probably not realistic. Let's well, say so you got it in seven hours, yeah. right? But you totally destroyed your legs. Mm. And then it took you 14 hours to run the second half. Yeah. You essentially lost a couple hours on your race time. Right. Typically what happens is you'll destroy your legs. Second half of the race will take you 20 hours. Right. Like you're walking. Right. And you're barely walking, yeah, right? You're hobbling. You're hobbling. Um, you've completely ruined your energy. You ran so fast you didn't pay attention to your hydration. Mm. You didn't eat enough food. Yeah. And... It's almost impossible to catch up. Yeah. The rest of the race you're playing, you're trying to get hydrated. You're trying to take in salt. You're trying yeah. to take in enough food. You're, you're playing catch up. You're already behind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> Very tough. So if you look at like my journey in business and what you see with most people is, you know, I started and it, and I worked by myself for like three or four months. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly mm -hmm. like how long it was. And I did like 380K in revenue in those in those four months, mm -hmm. right? The next six months, okay, in those three to four months, I put away cash. Mm -hmm. I got my marketing up and going. Mm -hmm. I got all that stuff going. Then I hired my first guy. Mm -hmm. The next six months. You also had a CSR in there too, pretty quick. Got a CSR in there, yep. yeah. So first three to four months, 380 in cash. The next six months, we did a million mm. in cash and in income. Mm -hmm. The next six months, we did another 1.8 million in cash, mm. right? Sure, so you yeah, start yeah, looking yeah. at it, it's like, okay, we went from roughly 600 to a million, mm -hmm. went from a million to 1.8, mm -hmm. like it's negative split every single time. Yeah. Then we went from you know, 2.8 for that whole year to 5 million the next year. Mm -hmm. Like it just got better and better and better, yeah. faster and faster and faster. Mm -hmm. So it's super easy to get 
really impatient in the beginning. Yeah, because because again, you you're <clears throat> reacting emotionally. You're like, holy crap, I'm busy. I need yeah. to. Well, you're holy crap, I'm busy, and you're super excited that you're busy. And even then if you go, I got to hire guys, I buy vans. Even if stuff. you're even if you're not busy, it's hard to be patient and mm. set the foundations. Yeah, and realize, like, what does Alex Hormozzi say? Building cool shit takes time, <laughs> right? And then, dude, we got to remember that. We have to remember that. Line. I know we do it all the time to this yeah. day, right? Yeah, we get really excited. And we start to do crazy pivots that are seem like we're grasping at the, this great opportunity, but then we we usually realize that, like, damn it, Jared, we just burned a bunch of money. Like, yeah. if we would have just calmed the freak down, <laughs> we, we would have been better off. We should have just kept building our foundation, keep on keeping on, and keep on keeping on, right? And that's the thing. Like, take the time to set up a solid foundation, and then watch it exponentially grow. Yeah, because if you don't do that, you're going to push forward really, really fast, feel like you're making progress, yeah. and then you're going to be the guy who's like, oh, I did <laughs> 700K my first year and then 500K because I lost two guys. And now I, I had six guys running, but now I got two guys. Yeah, because I don't have any marketing. Yeah, I don't have any marketing. Yeah. Because I thought I was going to be good where I was at. Yeah. Because Or I... I did all that revenue. I pushed really hard, but I didn't make any money. Yeah. Yep. Because my price because I wasn't good. priced right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Terrible mm. spot to be in. Yep. Build a foundation. It's like the entrepreneurial seizure, right? It's mm. like if you have, if you have, like typically you're in business because you have a vision, right? Sure. Yeah. You have an idea of what you can do, and you're looking way far out, mm -hmm. and you want you see the path to get there. It seems really close to you, mm -hmm. but the reality is it's further away than you think, and it's mm -hmm. going to take you longer to get there than you think. Mm -hmm. That's every entrepreneur on the planet. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't care who you, what entrepreneur you talk to, they're all going to say, I wish I could get there. Like, I'm frustrated that I'm not there already. Mm -hmm. That's what makes you an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And if you own a plumbing business and that's you, that's totally normal. Mm -hmm. If you own a plumbing business and you're not thinking that and you're not thinking about the future, you should probably shut it down and go do something else, right? Yeah. Um, you should, entrepreneurs dream for more and think bigger. Right. They have to. Yes, yeah. It's part of the deal. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating not getting there fast enough. Yeah, and the, the worst thing you can do is shortchange that vision by rushing. Yeah. And by <sighs> doing weird stuff. How much cooler is it mm. if you lay this super, you come mm. up with this awesome plan, you lay this super hardcore foundation, and you start building, and you build slow, mm. and you stack one piece on top of another, mm. and it starts to compound. Like com the compound effect of putting in work mm. and building something strong mm -hmm. from day one mm. you go four five six years from there and you have built something incredible yeah like when the guys who like build 100 million dollar businesses they've been working at it for years yeah and they've been they've been doing it by putting the proper pieces in place think about dave ramsey <laughs> yeah how long has he been on the radio yeah forever 30 years What's man? What's that? I love that quote that he says where he's like, "My success is built on what a mountain of failures." Yeah, yep. Just him of like, but what that means is like, he's done things wrong and said, "Damn it, that didn't work." Yep. And then he went back and he figured out what he did wrong and then he did it better. Yep. And then something would happen. He's like, oh, "That didn't work either," and he did it better. But he was persistent. Like what we've understood, like 
Consistency is the king. <laughs> like, consistency wins every single time. Every race is won by consistency, right? Yep. And like it's consistency and like, I mean, like when we talk about this, we're talking about like consistency of mindset, consistency of health, consistency of relationships, consistency yep. of business. Like all these things need to be jiving together for you to have that opportunity to win yep. because the statistics are against you. Yep. Statistics say you will lose. Yep. But the people who do win are consistent. Yep. And they just do the same thing, getting better results just by a little bit each time. They and get it, better results by learning from their failures mm -hmm. and doing something different. Yeah. And really like assessing, okay, what did I do wrong here? Yes. So it's like if you're like, well, I can't hire because there's all the labor sucks around here. Then, then all right, you got to check yourself. Yeah. Okay. Why can't I hire? Why do I think all the labor sucks? Yeah. How do these other companies hire? What mm -hmm. am I missing? Mm -hmm. Those are the questions you need to be asking yourself. Mm. You always need to go back to the question of like, it doesn't matter what you're working on. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter where you failed. Mm -hmm. You should always go back to why. Mm -hmm. Why? did I not make enough money this week, this yeah. year, this month, whatever? Mm -hmm. Why can't I hire guys? Why are my guys not selling? Mm. Why, 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 mm -hmm. why? And then figure it out. Find a solution. Try the solution. If it works, great. <laughs> if it doesn't, try again. Sure. That's the whole game. Mm. The thing is, is like, like we talk to these guys, all you and well, Benton specifically. Mm -hmm. He talks to these guys on all our calls where we're telling them about our coaching program, right? And a lot of the times we get guys who are going, we kind of had this conversation yeah. today. They're like, hey, how do I know this is going to work for me? Right. Right. It's probably our biggest objection. Yeah. Right? Just uncertainty. I don't in general. know. I don't know if this is going to work for me. Right. Because of my market, because I can't get guys and blah, 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 all the normal stuff. Yeah. The thing is, like with those guys, what they're doing isn't working for them. Yeah. Or we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Like there's some like even the guys that are seeing some success, yep. they show up to the call because they know that something isn't as good <clears throat> as it could be. Yep. They know something's missing. And it's a weird thing when like if they continue to do the same thing over and over mm -hmm. again. And they're going to get the same result. Right. That's the definition of stupidity, right? right? Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Right. Versus if, like, for those people, they could jump in our coaching program mm -hmm. and learn a new way of doing things mm -hmm. that is proven, mm -hmm. that has worked for tons of plumbing business owners. Right. Um, and improve instantly. Yeah. It's a weird... Well, because the, at the end of the day, like, knowledge is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And it's the most undervalued tool yeah. by, I would, yeah, by most people. Yeah. But it's the only, that's the thing that you need. Yep. And so it's like, because I've been thinking about this today specifically, and like my question to those guys, I'm going to start trying to reframe it in this way. It's like, okay, tell me about your business model. Yeah. Break down to me how it makes you money. Yeah. Because they're not going to be able to answer it sufficiently. Yeah. Because they're going to be like, well... I don't even know I'm making money. So I'm like, so your business model is you don't know you're going to make money. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good one. Interesting. So tell me why you think that would work for you. Yeah. I'm like, well, you, know, you can just see where it's going to go because that's the point that we're like this whole, our whole platform is you guys don't know how to make money. We're trying to teach you how to do that. Yeah, dude. And it's, if you listen to all the things that we put out, it's 
It's quite basic. The it's basic. It's not that hard. You can learn it very quickly, and you can implement it very quickly, and you can make lots of money relatively quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's the beauty of it. That's like, why it's like we're like we're, I t- I took like fifteen hundred bucks and have turned it into millions in yeah. a, in a few years, right? And I was just talking to another friend of mine. He goes, he sold his business for eight or nine million. I don't know exactly. Somewhere in that vicinity, mm. right? He only owned it for two years. Wow. Holy he started man. with eight hundred dollars. And so he's trying to he said, I'm I've been trying to he sold his business like a year ago. He's mm-hmm. like, I've been trying to find all these investments. Yeah, what do I do now? To, in, to invest I'm, I'm young, in, right? And I got all, like, I got all this cash. I got all this cash and I've been trying to find rentals and commercial real estate and all this stuff. And he's like, the best thing I find is like a 10% return. Mm. He goes, I took $800 and turned it into (laughs) millions of dollars in two years. Yeah. Like I can't find a better investment. Yeah. So what is he doing? Starting another plumbing business. Yeah. Because it's, he's like, it's so like, I already know how to do it. Yeah. I've already done it. I've already done it. Mm. It's not that hard. I have a proven model. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the best investment I could possibly make. Yeah. So why wouldn't I make that investment again? Yeah. Now it's just way less risky because he's got a ton of money. Yeah. Sitting in his bank account. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the difference between him and Jared and like, <laughs> dude, we're just a bunch of dummies. I mean, I mean, we're not, we're nothing special. We're mm-hmm. not super smart. We're mm-hmm. not savvy businessmen. We're not, mm-hmm. we just took the time to learn a model that works. And we took the risk of implementing it and yeah. put and going for it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And putting effort and like, you know, kind of funny, it wraps back around to the Wi-Fi password and Hughes. It's like, you just do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That's the attitude you got to have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Real quick. At the end of this thing, if you made it this far. Yeah. If you made it this, this far, podcast, God bless you. You, you are, are a superstar. Superstar. If you made it this far, you need to comment like, uh, what should they comment if they made it this far so we know the superstars out there? Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. If I, see com- if I see cheeseburger comments, somebody's getting a hat. Okay. <laughs> oh, now Jerry's got to deliver on that. Yep. <clears throat> better get okay. some hats made up. <laughs> yeah, we better. Uh, if you listen this far, dude, in the description or if you are on whatever, not on YouTube, what is that? podcast <laughs> i don't listen to podcasts so i don't mm. know it's kind of funny because we podcast and i don't even listen yeah you just yeah you're a youtube guy if you're listening you can go to www.wealthyplumber.com slash that's a forward slash playbook very important okay www.wealthyplumber.com slash playbook for those of you watching on youtube don't leave yet <laughs> you're not gonna earn your go hat. down to the description and dude grab this playbook it's free it's got 99.9% of everything you need to know in this playbook. There's also an hourly rate calculator that you can get in this playbook that comes with a 45-minute video on how to use the dang thing that has a ton of value. You're going to grab the playbook. You're going to enter your email. After that, you don't have to book a call with us, but you can. Yep. If you want help growing your plumbing business from somebody who's been there, you want to learn the model, you want to learn this stuff, skip the headache, skip the learning curve, go straight to the success, book a call with us, and we'll help you out. Word. Easy peasy. Thanks, dude. Later, guys. See ya. See ya.